0: And you are listening to WMNF Tampa, WMNF best station in the nation. Okay. Welcome to the afternoon.
1: All come down someday before the fires of hell. You let me in your house. You let me in your house. You let me in your house. with the ammo. Set to God set to stone but that little bone for bone I'm gone to set fire To your glamour Well, let's now rock that candy shop Rock that candy shop Rock that candy shop Set it on fire Run away And watch it burn i have gone to set fire To your glamour To your glamour, yes, to your glamour. Listen to my mama, to your glamour. To your (laughs) glamour. Let it rock. Listen to me now, let it rock, let it rock now. Rock that
0: candy shop. Rock that candy shop, you sh Candy shop rockers, you. That's a little, uh, a little Andrew Bird starting off the show. This show is called Art in Your Ear. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in to this fabulous radio station. My name is Joellen Shilkey. I am the hostess who loves you absolutely the mostest. I'm so glad you're out there, especially because today's show is magnificent. We've got Frank the third waiting. In the wings to come on and talk about this very interesting show he has opening up tomorrow. It's called, uh, my French, as we all know, it's not great. Nox Lux et Motu, what is, whatever that is. Uh, night, light and Movement or Movement at Night, Light and Movement at Night. I'm not quite sure, uh, but we're going to be talking about that. Plus, there's a ton of stuff going on. I'm going to let you know about it. And of course, we have some fabulous music for you. But before we listen to that, let's listen to this uh, promotion for an upcoming event. WMNF presents a tribute to John Fogarty and Creedence Clearwater Revival at Skipper's Smokehouse, Saturday, May 28th. Creedence Clearwater
2: Revival was the biggest band in America. In 1969 and 70, they outsold the Beatles. Now you can relive the music. 12 bands will cover 40 songs. For tickets and more info, call 813-238-8001 or go to WMNF.org.
0: Is Valerie June, brand spanking new Valerie June uh, covering Fade Into You? And <laughs> so, of course, the name of the band just fled from my head who originally did that. But I know the listeners will write in and tell me who it is. There's an M in it. That's all I can remember. But Valerie June aside, even better, we have uh, Welcome Back to the Studio, Frank Strunk the third. I'm so happy that you're here.
2: I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. uh,
0: So your French is perhaps better than my French. Uh, uh, Nox, lux, et modus. Well,
2: well, I'm going to start off by saying that is Latin and it's not French. Yeah, so it's nox, lux, et modus. So it's night, light, and motion.
0: I didn't realize that the French and Latin and was the same.
2: Well, there's some overlap. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a little, a
0: little <laughs> but Night, Light, and Movement pretty much completely summarizes the show that you have opening up tomorrow, a collection of small works by Frank Strunk III at your studio uh, in the Warehouse District. That's right. So, um, so saw the, and, and dear listeners, if you go to the Art in Your Ear page on Facebook or um, I've got something up on Instagram and twitter. really. if you if you follow my social media at all, it's everywhere. Um but otherwise, uh, you can see, kind of what we're talking about, the work the work is relatively small compared, I think it's more of a comparison thing with your other, some of uh, the large work that you're known for rather than necessarily small. It's not miniature or tiny. It's not
2: miniature, no. It it is absolutely in relation to my other work. There is much smaller work available by other artists Mm -hmm. all around (laughs) the world. But in terms of the work that I produce, this is kind of this qualifies as small.
0: So... We were talking just before the uh, interview started about about size and <laughs> how size matters and whether size matters. It does, um, and but uh, but sometimes, and I know uh, as uh, and this is a completely weird analogy, but um, as a writer when i have to write something that can only be 300 words long but then i need to put all of this stuff in it it's a lot harder than writing something that has to be 600 words long because there's more crafting and there's more you know editing and you know and playing with it and understanding and distilling it right. to what i want it to to embody so will you talk a little bit about these pieces and um, how you built them when you were speaking about them. When I looked at the show, there was a lot of um, sculptural sort of releasing the the art into what it wanted to be, um, to a degree. So let's let's start with uh, building these pieces.
2: Well, I think they start. A lot of them start with a concept, uh, just a loose concept of something I want to communicate. Uh, the whole body of work I knew I wanted to make. I've wanted to do a small works piece for a very long time. Maybe. 10 years, and, uh, you know, life gets in the way. Inspirations and other shows get in the way. Commissions and stuff get in the way, and and, uh, a lot of times I feel like I've put kind of my more meaningful work on the back burner um, um, just in order to do the stuff that helps me function.
0: Which many artists, which is true for, we were talking about sort of mid-career, and artists, established artists, is that their heart sometimes... Their heart's desires sometimes aren't in the front.
2: Yeah, yeah. And they're like, they're just little dreams that keep popping up and kind of reminding, like, remember when we were going to do this, like 10 years ago. And uh, so anyway, I got a chance to do this show and it took a a long, it started, uh, I feel like it started long before the the pandemic, the first pieces began Um, and the momentum just kind of built up to, well... Maybe last week I completed the last piece for the show. It was uh, last week. Uh, but I feel like the small pieces are, you know, I, mean, I just feel like they're precious. And the execution has got to be uh, tighter, I'll, I'll say. Although I will say this about the linkages and the motors and the motion on these things is they're not, they're not these perfectly crafted little watch part things. And, and uh, where I could have spent the time... Um, to dial them in perfectly, I think that it would have communicated a different message because I think a, a machine that is not struggling to move, but a, a, a maybe a machine that has a linkage that's a little wonky um, and has a joint that's not moving perfectly, I think it communicates something, especially to artists that are past mid-career. And personally, I have joints that don't work perfectly. You know, I got <laughs> a lot of stuff
0: that doesn't work. Yeah, perfectly. <laughs> I have a knee that's
2: always giving me problems, I and mean, I, I have arthritis uh, in my hands. That I, you know, and you have to address this stuff. Just, as, just as the human experience creeps up on you, on me, uh, that um, the machine that has built all of my art, meaning myself and my machine, is uh, not running as smoothly as it. As it was, and so to be able to kind of impart that into the work that I'm doing now is not a small deal to me, and it's I think it's you know it's pretty important
0: and to let people come in and see that uh, that. This has a little hitch right here, or it makes this sound right here, where you could have, as an artist, chosen to make it perfect. But the idea was not to make it perfect; was to make it cor- right and yeah, correct.
2: Right and exactly, just let it be what it what it want, what it can be.
0: Now, uh, we touched a little bit on it, but I really want to. Um, not every piece, um, but maybe a third or a little more than a third of the pieces in the show are mechanical in that they move. They have function. I can't. I can't remember. But um, lovely pieces. But all the pieces, or almost all the pieces, uh, have lights on them. Uh, they. They. There is an interactive, uh, a, a higher sort of interactivity with them than with a lot of other pieces of art, where the interactivity with other pieces of art um, might be that you look at it and how you feel about it and reflect upon it, it changes over the time. These have that, but then they also have move. They clank, they clink, they cover things, they reveal things. Uh, there's birds that fly, there's balloons that float. Uh, you know, um, what, what was the mechanical part? What was the drive for, like, I want to make these um, moving around. I want these to have a, a, a sort of a, a way of making their own way through the world.
2: Well, I've always been kind of, I grew up around machines, my father's a commercial printing, uh, company. And just from when I was really little, four, five, six years old, I grew up around all the, all the mechanized workings of this print shop. And, um, I've always been fascinated by machines and I've always had like this kind of, this big, uh, inner, uh, re- dialogue, this rich inner dialogue about uh, you know, machines maybe kind of being alive or having a purpose or having a consciousness um, and so when I make a kinetic piece, I'm trying to, what I'm hoping uh, to impart is like this machine has a little life, it has a little mind and I have uh, one piece uh, and it's called light and it actually doesn't have any light in it but it's, hold, it's a little arm, mechanical arm that's holding a, a small balloon um, that I made out of parchment um, paper and and so the cam moves it up and down slowly, as if this balloon was uh, blowing by, and the balloon interacted with the, this mechanical arm, and it's just kind of holding it for a while. And this this piece, this kinetic piece of industrial art, is experiencing what play is, and maybe the wonderment of helium, like a, a rubber men, membrane that's holding on to, that's encasing helium that's lighter than air, and so it's like just um this machine experiencing what play
0: is mm-hmm. and hope there's uh the piece very specifically that piece just has this real sense of hope around it which was which is lovely to <laughs> see you know and and you have um another piece that's in there and it it was just stunning and my you know my neighbor is like shouting across the street like i i need that piece <laughs> uh and it and it um or maybe I'm, I'm not sure if i'm thinking about which piece but there was a piece that we were looking at and uh, there's a wheel that turns, and the wheel's a little bit, I think, bumpy in its design. So, so the turning of it is not regular, you know, so, so everything doesn't happen absolutely regularly. It sort of happens on its own way. And I was thinking about that because that wheel could have been, as you said before, perfect. It could have been absolutely symmetrical and could have been, you know, um, it could have had this sense of, uh you know like here i am these like perfect little swiss watch things right. fitting to in, into each other which would have detracted from the piece and made it more a wonder of engineering rather than made it a an emotional an emotional connection to the piece,
2: right? And that, that's one thing I try to impart with my um, with my kinetic work. Is you know, you're a lot of uh, you're working off a motor that's a single access motor and a DC battery, so it's only going to run at one RPM. And um, one of the goals is to interrupt that cyclical motion and give it something that's a little more organic. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, instead of it hitting something a uh, a linkage moving at the same um, cycle with the same let's say it's going to move in three second intervals you try to interrupt that and make it a little mm-hmm. more organic and therefore maybe impart a little bit to the viewer that it might be alive
0: we were talking yesterday about the Stranda of beasts yeah. uh, the artist that creates these huge sculptures that are made out of bamboo and wood and twine and all sorts of things that are um, you know, larger, much larger than life were they even to have ever existed. They're like the size of mammoths.
2: Right. Taylor and, Johnson.
0: and and they mm-hmm. run up and down the beaches yeah. powered by wind or powered just by their own forward motion. And no matter what, you can look at them and understand intellectually that they are not inhabited with any type of spirit or soul. But when you look at them with the rest of your Self, Then you realize that these are creatures and that's what it felt like being in there yesterday that that some of these things were um, had their own lives and that they were going to be living their lives way past (laughs) you and I. They will outlive us. Yeah, (laughs) they will outlive us. Um, Is that or how does that that idea that um, that work that you've made, I mean, especially working in metals work that you've made is going to last far beyond you.
2: Uh, what was the question? How does it feel? <laughs> How does it, it is is feel? Is it
0: purposeful? I guess is that a purposeful part of the practice? But yeah, what is like when you're making it? Does that influence what you're making? Uh,
2: well, I can. T- t- the best way to answer that is, um, I, you know, I know most of my art is going to outlive me, but I think the most important thing for me is that the message of the art outlives me, um, and that's the mess. The the broad painting with a broad brush is. Uh, if you, well, the broadest brush is go make your art. And, uh, you know, don't go to your grave with your light still in you kind of thing. That's the greatest, the broadest message I think that just being an artist is um, and putting out a lot of work and trying to uh, communicate to people that creation is great. It's a great force of nature. It's the greatest force in, in the universe. Um, and so I think that if the piece. Well, I don't know. I mean, if the piece breaks or fails to function after I am gone, hopefully somebody will be there and know exactly how to fix it because mm-hmm. maybe they followed my work enough or they followed Teo's work or Arthur Ganson's work. Um, other artists who work in similar uh, medium, they follow it enough so they know how to repair it. -hmm. And, but anyway, what I I was starting on was the, it's important that the message of the piece lives beyond Mm -hmm. me, much more than the piece itself.
0: And I think that we, uh, one of the reasons why you're such a great art in your ear guest, because the whole point of this show is, of course, to promote the arts in the Tampa Bay area and let people know what's going on, but it's to not hide the light, is that everyone benefits from creation and creating and, Um, And it's so important that you do what you need to do rather than putting it off in service of everything else. That's mine. So, dear listeners, chatting with Frank Strunk III about a show that opens up tomorrow. It's a collection of small works and it's opening up at your studio. So the work, a lot of the work has light in it, has these small, wonderful lights. Some of the lights uh, cast uh, specific shadows that you've created. Uh, Some just illuminate. Uh, and and I, there's been light in your work before, but this is a very sort of specific thing. Why? What was it that it was time? It was time for the lights.
2: Well, you know, I could say that these. Um these lighted pieces, specifically, um, when I was making them, the intent was to engage or invite the wall to become part of the piece. So, in um, all the pieces, the light shines on the wall to make this statement. So, if you mm-hmm. took the piece off the wall, which I wish I'd done yesterday, when you're at my at the space, if you take it off the wall, the piece kind of dies. Mm-hmm. And if I held it out in my hand, you wouldn't. It's the it's the willingness to. Um, involve the wall behind it, which is sometimes only an inch or so away from each individual light mm-hmm. um, to watch the, what the what that light does on the wall and then how it becomes part of the piece.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, right. So people will say, I mean, because a lot of times people, are, well, how big is that piece? And you measure it out and you're like, well, hold on, dude. Am I, do you want me to measure the piece physically or do you want me to measure how much, where the light ends. Right, and I'm how say, much
0: space it occupies. Yeah,
2: that, and I'm going to say that light is going to end at your ceiling mm-hmm. because it goes way up and which is what light will do.
0: Right, light. You just yeah. can't control light.
2: You can't do it, it won't <laughs> listen. No rules.
0: Um, but, you know, and, and so God, I got to go back because there was, you know, there's a, a there's a similarity between all the pieces in the structure that there's not, as he sp- spoke earlier, it's not, nothing looks Nothing looks traditionally perfect, though mm. in my eyes they all look very perfect, <laughs> right. uh, in that, that there is a, um, there's a there's kind of like a jittery structure on some of them with with mm. lines going in different ways. And others, you can just sort of very easily see the progress that it started here and it ended here. And it was a pathway that you went to. When you uh, started this conversation, you talked about sort of letting the the work be what it wants to be. Um, And that, you know, it sounds like it's almost a a cooperative building between collaborative, collaborative between you and, and the pieces. Were there certain ones that um, were like, were immediate, like you knew when your hands uh, and the piece started working together that you knew where it was going to be, how it was going to be, or does it all come together as you make it?
2: Well, I mean, there's certainly a tipping point, and I never know where that tipping point is going to be in in terms of when I start and where I end. Um, But there, I mean, you, you start with the base and you start building on it, and sculpturally, I think that's the part, that's something about my sculpture, which is considered additive sculpture. And uh, as I add things to it, it kind of makes sense. It starts to make sense and or uh, communicate, if you will, to me, how long it should be. Mm-hmm. If a base is a six by six inch base and I start to build that, I know it's not going to be like a you know a ten foot tall piece. Right. <laughs> and so there are loose parameters, but there is certainly uh, once you know I, I kind of anyone and other artists will get this, when you get into the zone and the piece is almost telling you, where where it it is what is gonna look best and what is gonna kind com, of communicate your uh the concept and what is gonna give you the right balance and the, of positive space and negative space and uh so I mean it's important to be open to what the piece is communicating to you, and mm-hmm. then like I had said yesterday, it's like sometimes you're just there and it's kind of building itself, <laughs> and your hands are building it and then when you step i step away, I thought, I think man, that really. That really worked out, and I'm glad I trusted that process.
0: So, and that was something 25 years ago when you were making art. Was that ability there then, or is this something that has... You know, is this an all-time belief, or is this something that you sort of uh, constructed or understood or revealed within yourself?
2: Well, it's always been there a little bit, although um, when I first started, I didn't know what the hell I was doing, and I, and my art... Was, uh, terrible. You know, it was terrible. it was. It was just und- und- undisciplined. I didn't know. I just didn't know what I was doing. And so I'm. I um, am lucky to have um, ha- to have had other artists around me. Uh, David Williams was a brilliant uh, painter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was. Uh, he mentored me through some pretty hairy um, stuff to where I, I was just getting crushed by self doubt. Um, and like a multi um boulder of self doubt that was just rolling over me because I was working construction, I thought man maybe i 'm just a construction worker, which was wonderful, and it served me well but uh once I started to pursue uh you know more, just more um, creative um, pursuits and I got input from other artists on things that I wanted to make, um, I would say that A good mentor will give you the tools that you'll keep for the rest of your career. Mm -hmm. And David gave me a few, and then I was off to the races, you know. So I think that as I got produced more and more work, I thought. I mean I was able to understand the the messages of other artists and see dudes like uh legit dudes like uh Terry Janssen um and Arthur Ganson, who were doing um similar or just work that I was wowed by I, at that point I mean I don't know if I was entering what's called mid career or not but uh, those lessons became very big and the the payoff was very fruitful
0: mm-hmm.
2: and now I- it's just like a poetry you know
0: <laughs> I think when an artist or a something creative rings this bell loudly within you, and the bell keeps on reverberating then not listening to it is a um, is a sin honestly to yourself and everything that you 've tried to do
2: it 'll make you nuts too right
0: yeah, yeah <laughs> well,
2: you 'll be cra- you 'll be a f- absolute if you 're receiving uh, Big creative inspiration, and you're shutting that down for whatever reason, you will become a crazy person. Right, yeah. Not mm-hmm, the good yeah. crazy. Not
0: the good crazy. Not no. the like, this is going to benefit my art crazy. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> so, and you mentioned a couple of things, uh, uh, Mazzy Starr. Thank you, thank you, dear, thank you, dear listeners. You guys are awesome. Um, Sorry, that just popped up. Uh, uh, So we talked, and we do want to talk a little bit about the idea of being a mid-career artist, or or sort of, uh, you know, even um, slightly post mid-career. Because I feel like you're definitely, and have been for several years now, established as an artist. Um, I remember when you bought your van to do shows around the country, (laughs) and that was like, that was this commitment. Like, okay, that was a big step. This is it. I'm, I'm doing this. And this is where I am. And of course, the pandemic sort of threw a lot of people's plans and ideas and habits into, you know, the trash can. It did. It did, the, did as you had more time to be just in the studio and not out um, necessarily selling your work or showing work to people and stuff like that. So when, when the pandemic shut us in to a degree, um, how did that affect what you make and your art or your process?
2: Well, I'm, I can say the, um, the art festivals that I did and the way that I approached it and the way a lot of artists produce, uh, approach it is that it is definitely geared towards production. And I, um, being what um, maybe is um, referred to as a fine artist, I was not able to produce well for... Mm. Um, to do like a five show circuit, as you like, if you're familiar with my work and how often I show and do solo, like my last uh, solo show was maybe four or five years right. ago, and I just, you know, I it's hard for me to produce a body of work mm-hmm. that. Um, well, first of all, that just doesn't get purchased by folks, but a body of work that makes sense and can and can all hang out in a room together and get along and not conflict. Because mm-hmm. there are pieces that I legit edited out of this show because they just weren't getting along aesthetically and behaviorally with the other pieces. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, being shut in, it, you know, was a good thing. But under the umbrella of being shut in is you. You get a lot of time to work and introspect and everything, but you're also shut in with a bunch of awful stuff. (laughs) You know, like you're shut in with your, with just maybe depression and anxiety and the darker stuff, Mm -hmm. and um, it's not always pretty.
0: I think the pandemic. I I know for myself, many people who I'm close to, the pandemic sort of um, forced a reckoning. On some life things that and, uh, it did me right, and I'm I'm grateful for it because though some parts were nerve wracking, that's the nicest way to say it. Yeah. Um, I I appreciate very much now the lessons that, you know, the lessons that I learned. Um, But so so now you are so the world is opening again. You have a show, a body of work that's showing tonight. So this was something tomorrow night. Tonight tomorrow night. I keep on thinking I don't know why I I keep doing that. So so the so tomorrow night and then it's up for.
2: Well, tonight will be the opening uh, from tomorrow
0: night. Tomorrow night will be opening. Yeah. Sorry, I did that. that you, you did it. I jinxed you, sorry. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Tomorrow night will be the opening from 8 uh, to 10 p.m. because I want the ambient light to be lowered so you can experience these pieces. I've also altered the light in the gallery to mm. where it's on a dimmer, so it's very, very cool. And then after that, it'll I'll be showing it every Friday night for the month of May and also by appointment only. So if you're want, if you like, hey, we want to do dinner downtown and we come want to come and sh- see your show, uh, just let me know and uh, I'll... Be able to accommodate. I just can't keep... Uh, my studio is in the same place as my gallery. Right, I can't yeah. keep gallery hours.
0: And uh, and I do want to give information out, but this does not mean it's the end of the interview. Uh, Frank Strunk's gallery is located at 2638 6th Avenue in St. Pete. 6th South. 6th Avenue South in St. Pete in the warehouse area. Um, and he's uh, he's on Facebook. He's on all the different social media platforms. Uh, and uh, has a website that you can reach him through and, and, and find that. Uh, ha- it, having people I've always been so curious um, that area has so many artisan glasses your neighbor Charlie Parker's your neighbor um, fairgrounds and then it's the you know just I mean every, it's a huge Duncan of course, um, is down the street and sort of started started a lot of the arts being there you know so you have this whole uh, artist uh, community in that area where there's a a, a small gallery space and a studio uh, how does does being within that type of setting uh, in the past you were I visited you in Gulfport where your studio was I think by a, a car shop or something and you know uh, <laughs> does it is it different to be closer to artists who are also building things with their hands and, and machines?
2: No. <laughs> okay. I wish we could say it was like this fertile ground for creativity, but, a lot, but as a working artist who knows a lot of other working artists, we work. You work. We work our... Butts off, mm-hmm. and so most of our hours are spent in our studios working. Right. And uh but it's nice to see the Zen Boy. You know, Zen Glass is right next door, mm-hmm. and I love those dudes. Josh Paul's a a longtime friend, and uh, I was really excited to get my studio next to his. And Dave Walker is an awesome dude, mm-hmm. and there are a bunch of uh, glass artists that cycle in and out of there. They give classes. And they're smart and creative. And they have a hot shop, and they're just all around good dudes. Right. And uh, we have the Chelsea. Uh, we have a coffee shop that we can go to, and mm-hmm. we walk. Me and J- Josh and I. Chelsea. Walk, uh, yeah, which the Chelsea. Is
0: a love home away from home. Right. <laughs> and so
2: we we can go for an afternoon walk, me and Josh, and get an iced coffee and just kind of chill. But we don't really see that much of each other because we're all legit tuned into Working. our work. Yeah.
0: Is there uh, in doing this with the small pieces? Uh, and and we started the conversation about how sort of small pieces, almost, um, or these small pieces, some small, all have this these demands on them that larger pieces may not have. Sort of their, the editing of them and the building and understanding to make them succinct right. in a way. Uh, did they? Are there things that were built for this show that you feel like I I still need to explore this a little bit more? Like this is not I am not done with this this thought or this path there's more on it for me
2: yeah there's a I feel like there's a bunch more um I gotta rethink I would I would rethink probably half the pieces um I love what a light is and what it does what it mean, what it means or can mean and how it can be uh used to communicate um I love sha- I love shadow there's not a bunch of shadow in this um in this particular uh, body of work but I want to uh I want to Check that out too. I want to dance mm. with that a little bit, if it will allow me to, you know, if it's willing to uh, keep me inspired to uh, explore it. I'd love to do that.
0: When I was a, a very little girl, um, both my grandfathers had died long before I was born, um, but and we were closing down. Uh, one of my great grandfathers had a farm in upstate New York, and so my family went up there to uh, to pull some things out of the barn and start closing it down because mm. it was it was the farm eventually was going to be sold. Um, and and he, farmers, you know, in the early twentieth uh, century and, and long before that, you know, my great grandfather did everything. If if the hoe broke, he fixed the hoe. He had um, like a small forge in a way in okay. his in his one barn. It actually had its own kind of barn structure. Right. Um, all these different things. But as a kid, uh, my mom was showing me where he had uh, cut uh out of the side of the barn like these little tiny um for for his grandkids, these little tiny sculptures he like omitted and then if he put lights on the outside they made a light show on the inside of the of the barn for for them and he can move the lights <laughs> around and the shadows would move. That is awesome. And I re- just remember when you're talking about shadows that there is um I think there's something uh, very magical about shadows. We are so used to them as adults, but when you see a child first understand like what is that thing that why is that following me? What is that on the ground? You know right. what? How who's this? Who's this companion that I have? Right. You know there is a lot, and there's a lot of myths around shadows too. So, I say yes. Yes, <laughs> do I, the shadows. Right, I'm ready. I'm ready. Joelle and Shilke directing artists to make her happy right all on. over the world. We'll do it. <laughs> so, um, so let's talk a little bit. Give because we're almost out of time. A little bit of facts. Let's give more facts. So tomorrow night, starting at eight. Lots of parking, street parking there. Right. Um, is it an art walk tomorrow night?
2: It is. It's second Saturday art walk. Oh. Um, and there's not always that much traffic over on our side. Right, yeah. uh, a lot of it's over the MGA side. But we are happy to have... Your uh, your traffic over there. It's also Zen Glass is having their twentieth year reunion. Oh my god! Yeah, those wow. guys are awesome because I, I remember their first couple shops and yeah. they were not as cool as well. The one
0: they, on 9th Street. The
2: one on Ninth Street, and they and they had a, a place on Central, I think, at one point.
0: Oh right, that's right. Oh yeah,
2: and so and they're the hardest working dudes ever. Yeah, and, and they deserve good uh, people. Yeah, they are. They're both really good Sit folks. Here. And so uh, and I'm right next door to Zen Glass. So I'm twenty twenty six 6th Avenue South. In the Warehouse Arts District.
0: hmm And so Zen Glass Studio again is right there because I want to make sure we give them the shout there. So even though, well, they're six hundred twenty-seventh Street South, so it's just right across the street, yet a completely different address. Completely different. Uh, <laughs> <so laughs> Welcome to St. Pete. <laughs> yeah,
2: and uh, there, my show um, starts at at eight p.m. It's mm-hmm. a little later, and it's a little, little cooler because right. of the. Um, I need lower light to really right. um, show these pieces.
0: And then you can tell because there's a living room in the front or there'll, <laughs> there'll be a be, living room in the front. There's <laughs> living outside. Out front, like
2: a little waiting room. My gallery is intimate and so I don't want to jam a bunch of people in there. And we have good ventilation. We have a couple of air purifiers. You can mask if you want to. Uh, if you choose not to, we ask that you just observe, you know, courteous distancing, and we'll keep folks outside. And uh, might give you bubbly water if you behave. Mm-hmm. And uh,
0: delicious bubbly water.
2: Yeah, yeah, not the bad ones.
0: Not the bad ones, the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, is there after this? Do you have something coming up? Anything that you want to let people know about? Uh,
2: no, okay. I, I haven't thought honestly okay. even one day past this show.
0: Right, I can understand that. Um, it's an exquisite show. I mean, I am a fan, you. and you know I love your work, but this show, um, I kept on thinking about it last night. I usually I post I post things at night the night before and then post them again. And then last night I just kept on thinking about it and thinking about it and um and I just needed to sit with it for a while because the pieces are they're charming and they're enchanting, but they're charming and enchanting in both term both uses of the word in that I really felt sort of enchanted to a degree by by them like was something uh they have a life of their own very much already and they're still on the, they're thank not you. even someone's home yet they're on a gallery wall and they have a life <laughs> of their own you thank know? you for <laughs>
2: saying that. I, that that it feels great to to hear other people's um opinion of it um you're one of maybe four people who have seen the show so <gasps>
0: Thank you very much. That's very kind. Well, lots of people will follow through. If people want to get in touch with you, what is the f- best way for them to find more information? Is it through your Facebook? Or- it's through my
2: Facebook, yeah. Okay,
0: and the Facebook is pretty easy. It is Frank Strunk, and then, um, sorry, my Facebook just went Frank Strunk, and then I, I, I. Yeah. For third. That's the Roman <laughs> numeral third. Right. Not like, ay, 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 <laughs> ay, 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 ay. it's not. Frank's drunk, ay, ay, ay. <laughs> it's going to be that from now on. I'm <laughs> <Okay>. sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry, I just cursed you. Well, thank you so much, Frank, for coming in and thank you for talking about Nox Lux et Motus, um, a, a, Latin, french uh, version. It's a small collection of small works, a collection, a large collection of small works by Frank Strunk III.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Joelle, and I enjoyed being here.
0: Thank you. And now this song I just want to mention is not a reflection on anyone in this studio. It's just a new song from a uh, cover from Phosphorescent called I'm a Mess. I should be
4: feeling rude With the sweet smell of success I'm a mess Look at Heart said.
3: Hey, this is Miss Julie. Our week-long Summer fun membership drive is from 9 a.m. to midnight on Tuesday, June 7th through Monday, June 14th. We are seeking food donors to help feed our hungry and grateful volunteers. Restaurants, caterers, or chefs can find out more about donating drinks, snacks, or individually packaged meals by calling me at 813-238-8001 or email M I S S J U L I E at WMNF dot ORG. Thanks.
0: And thank you, Julie. So yeah, we're is there's going to be an up there's going to be an upcoming there's going to be a fun drive. In June. If you would like to support Art in Your Ear and WMNF right now, that would be extremely fabulous. Uh, That would be, you can go online to the WMNF.org or use the app uh, and donate to the Art in Your Ear page. We probably have to raise, I don't know, $2,000, $3,000. And so the more we can get ahead of time, the less we have to chat about it day of. Uh, If you like to support, radio that is made locally, that is independent, that is live, that has your neighbors on it, commercial-free, with a good heart and a wonderful mission statement, then WMF is your place. Well, coming up after the show, uh, it's me. <laughs> More me. <laughs> Which could be good or bad, depending how you feel about that. But coming after this show, I will be sitting in for E-Love on ultrasounds. And I've got a wonderful global, kind of upbeat and and swooshy playlist for you. I want to let you know some stuff going on and about town. Uh, So many good things. I was very uh, excited to see that uh, uh, the Florida, if you haven't done it, if you are a procrastinator, you have until... Tonight, tonight, the Florida Museum of Photographic Arts is uh, the deadline to uh, to be part of their international photography competition is extended until midnight tonight. So, uh, and I'll just read what they say: uh, Photographers are eyes to our community and the world. Photographs are the universal language of the 21st century. Everyone has hundreds, maybe thousands, of images to share and tell the story. We're extending the IPC. 2022 deadline to May 13th at 1159 p.m. we would love to see your universe through your photographs you can submit your art at the um, at the website of the Florida Museum of photographic Arts and uh, that website is let's get it going right now and it is uh, I've, I've said, okay well Studio, so here we go. It is um, www obviously org, and you can share that. I also want to mention <laughs> my favorite. One of my favorite ways to spend money is this weekend. Uh, St. Pete Craft Heroes presents Shop Bazaar, and that is at the studio at 620 from 10 to 3 uh, on tomorrow. And it is a really fun event where it combines uh, artists, craft artists, and authors all together in the community, working together. And so ShopBazaar is always just really, it really is one of the fun events where you get to meet and chat with a lot of authors and a lot of artists and see their work and support them. The uh, studio at 620 located at 621st Avenue, St. Pete, First Avenue South, I'm sorry, St. Pete. For more information, you can call 727-895-6620. Also, oh, here we go. This is something for tonight. It is Friday the 13th. Oops here, actually, I should stop it because I have a luck song um, that I want to play for you uh, for Friday the 13th, but tonight, um, it's just, this is so wonderful. Our darling, wonderful, extremely talented Movies with Matthew, Matthew McGee, uh, is going to be uh, hosting Jason Lives, Friday the 13th, part six, uh, and that is at... Uh, free fall theater and it 's kind of a um, oh my gosh it 's a, uh, it's a it's a it 's a mixture between uh, the uh, concept of the movie uh, Friday the thirteenth and um, and Matthew and just insanity and really funny i don 't want to give anything away let 's just say the body might be. Uh, dug up. That's all I'm going to say. There might be a, a body that has been dug up. Anyway, if you want more information, go along to Freefall Theater. Uh, Freefall Theater. Uh- Dot com, and you can have that. So there's lots of fun things coming up. Next, as I said, I'll be doing ultrasounds. And, oh, shoot, I forgot the name. I think the name of the band coming on the live music uh, showcase today at 2, just after the news, is Fast Preachers, an indie band. I believe that I have that right. Following that is the um, fabulous, just wonderful uh, show, Rhythm Revival, with Reverend Billy. C. and Marvelous Marvin talking about all the fun uh, music that happened in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, 90s, 1000s, 2000s, uh, sort of the history of rock and roll. That's followed by classic soul and R&B from Steve the Hitman and his crew. And then we get into the Soul Kitchen, which is just this wonderful smorgasbord of rhythm-based music from... Uh, Big Eddie G, Chef Big Eddie G and Dave Bryant and then we end out our night with Chuck Core Jr. playing the best of Florida soul, Florida R&B and for sure some pretty body stuff. Well, thank you so much for listening. My name is Joellen Schilke. I am the hostess who loves you absolutely the most. Sis. You've been listening to Art in Your Ear on WMNF Tampa, best station in the nation. Stay tuned and... uh uh, to listen to more music from me and much less talk, uh, in just after the NPR news, when I'm doing ultrasounds with E Love. We're going to go out of the show with Bad Luck, since it is Friday the 13th from Nico Case. And then, if we have time, a little Adia Victoria. But here is Nico Case. WMNF, Tampa.